Yo, what's going on, bro? Hamid Ali, it's your boy Jerry, the TR expert, Washington here at Gentle Fitness Company Studio. Today is Wednesday, February 9th, 2022, and this is Season 9, Episode 14. And today, yes, we are going back to the well, and we're going to be talking about fitness, specifically your pelvic floor. Yeah. <laughs> so why were you talking about the pelvic floor? I, well, I gave you the back, breakdown of why we're talking about the pelvic floor in an actual episode, but essentially it's something that uh, people are, you know, have to have a little, it's becoming uh, one of those things that's coming more to the forefront. And I believe it's because people are, are sitting more, so they're not activating their pelvic floor as they should. So uh, there's a lot of contraindications. If you don't have a, a strong pelvic floor, uh, you know, you have issues with the, going to the bathroom, uh, you have issues with your most likely lower back uh, you have a lot of issues that that, that happen and uh, you know I did some research before I actually uh, recorded this and I saw that a lot of websites uh, had some interesting recommendation recommendations for uh, you know relieving pelvic floor stress a lot of them I saw were uh, the top things were medications uh, electrotherapy was something I saw as a, as a recommendation uh, and way down on the list for all of them was like uh, physical therapy. And to be honest with you, uh, <laughs> it may take the longest, uh, but it's the definitely the most effective way and the least invasive way. And the, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why in the episode. But I'll give you uh, just a little little taste of it here. It's essentially uh, when you get awareness in your body, it's always better than somebody trying to give you awareness in your body if that makes sense so uh i'll get uh, into that a little bit more in the episode but for the time being let's go and get this episode started season nine episode 14 and uh i said in the episode that i actually call it this and i'll call it twerk for your health <laughs> let's go Alright, so today we're going to go back to the well and we're going to be talking about fitness. We're going to be uh, talking specifically about the pelvic floor. And the reason why I want to talk about that is because at location number two, uh, location number two, I've been uh, working with some athletes there. Actually, just give you a little background on location number two. It's uh, it's a country club and uh, they've actually had, it's a, not just any country club, it's probably one of the most, uh, I, I don't want to say prestigious, uh, but it's very well known for its Hall of Fame athletes. In fact, it's got the most Hall of Famers, uh, you know, United States Hall of Fame uh, recipients in it as as members in the club. So uh, it, but the uh, club is, you know, it's it's a country club. So you can imagine uh, the athletes that I do train there and that I'm working with there. Uh, there are more of like what I like to call the Ivy League sports athletes. You know, they, uh, so instead of playing football, baseball, and basketball, they're more playing like, say, uh, squash and tennis and uh, lacrosse. You know, sports like that, you kind of crew. 
So, you know, you kind of get the gist of, uh, you know, what, what we're dealing with there. What these athletes, what they more normally do is essentially they have a, uh, a protocol. More or less, they do these uh, specific exercises that they know work for most people and that they've uh, essentially, you know, like I said, they have the most Hall of Famers in, in, the, in North America. So, uh, you know, more or less, they have this uh, thing that they do with their athletes. They produce a lot of great athletes that have gone on to do some great things. Uh, so, you know, it works. It works for them. Um, however, what I've noticed from their athletes, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with what they're doing, uh, but, you know, not every athlete is the same. And, uh, and a lot of athletes sometimes need extra help. And, um, you know, definitely there are some things that lead to other things along the way. As we know, if you don't have uh, strength in one area, uh, whatever is connected to it most likely will break down, you know? Um, you know, whether it's your knee or shoulder or anything like that, if you don't have the fundamentals of, of, you know, your movement patterns broken down into a, you know, something that is efficient and effective for you on a consistent basis, you know, obviously what I'm saying is that if you quote unquote are doing something wrong, you know, you're going to be more susceptible to injury. Like I said, it's really good to have a protocol. I actually have something that's uh, similar to that. If I, if, I have, if I have a new person that's walking into my in, in my doors here at location number number one, I'll have a uh, you know more of a, like a diagnostic test that I'm running for them uh, for a half an hour just to kind of see what's moving, what's not moving, uh, where they need to strengthen, uh, where they already have their strength. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I get that, you know, it's important to have that. But yeah, as we know in life, you know, one size doesn't fit all. And some people may be, they may be really responsive to the workouts that you give them because they're already strong and they've been playing, they've been playing the sport for a while. And, you know, they've uh, pretty much already developed other things along the way because, you know, maybe they played some other sports too. Uh, but there are some other athletes that, you know, either may, may, you know, for various reasons, you know, I've, I've seen athletes that have been doing the sport their whole life uh, that may have some issues. I've seen athletes that are, you know, come from different sports that uh, bring their bad habits from that sport into another sport. And obviously there's athletes that just haven't played uh, the sport at all. Uh, just don't have, don't, don't grasp the fundamental concepts of even uh, moving their body uh, in, you know, normal normal space, let alone an athletic uh, venue. So uh, the point I'm getting at here is that I actually have seen a few athletes over uh, my time there over the past few uh, couple months or so, and I've noticed that um, exercises that involve uh, hinging the hips and engaging their pelvic floor is an issue for uh, many of them. Many of them uh, I, I would assume because, you know, nowadays people sit so much more than they even did back in the days. Uh, I would assume a lot of that is, um, uh, as a result of so much, you know, so much sitting. Uh, but I also could imagine that some of it is just because they haven't been, uh, taught that that's important, you know? Uh, so I'm going to talk about this because I know for a fact that, you know, straight leg deadlifts or AKA Romanian deadlifts. They're they're a little bit of a troublemaker for uh, certain for for people, especially people that are not really uh, structurally sound with their fundamentals. So uh, let me just give you a quick description, even though this is not a video, and I obviously prefer this in video form. I'll try to give you the, the description of what I'm talking about here. Uh, so a lot of people, when they're executing a straight leg deadlift, they'll actually uh, either do one of two things: they'll have their legs straight. Like literally straight, they'll lock their knees and they'll just reach down towards the floor. Mm -hmm. 
and they will just hold the weight in their hand and they're around their shoulders and they'll make a, you know, make a C, a C shape with their spine, you know, down, you know, if you can imagine the shape of a C facing downward, that's essentially the shape of their spine as they're reaching their weight down. Um, that way, that way is not good because it really puts a lot of strain on your lower and middle spine. You know, your, as they say in the scientific community, uh, your S joints and your L joints and maybe even T joints, that's the thoracic spine. Uh, so that's obviously not good because you don't want to put a load on your spine because that's not what it's built for. Your spine is built to stabilize. It's not built to actually be uh, holding up loads. I mean, it is. I mean, that's why you have those little spongy things in the middle of your spinal cord to, you know, keep from uh, too much impact on your spine. You know, that's, so uh, it is built a little before, but it's not built to lift. You know, it's built to support, which is different. It's a different structure. So, uh, yeah, you don't want to use your spine to pick stuff up. You want to use your muscles. Now, so the other way is that you see people essentially bending their knees and doing a squat. And uh, that's more or less a deadlift. Uh, the only problem is that they do the squat with their back flat, so it's still, you know, it's a little less, you know, pressure on the lower lower back, on the lumbar spine. Uh, however, it doesn't, the ex- movement you're executing is not exactly the muscle groups that you want to strengthen. So, in both cases, the issue is that they don't have a pelvic tilt. Uh, if you want to execute it properly, essentially what you do is you squeeze your shoulders together, have your feet shoulder width apart. If you're holding weights, you want the weights to go down in between your thighs as you stick your butt out and lift your tailbone up towards the sky. Essentially what happens is by lifting your tailbone up, you lengthen your hamstring from the origin point rather than uh, lengthening your hamstring from the insertion point. So instead of lengthening your hamstring from the knees, you lengthen the hamstring uh, from the tailbone. Which is a lot safer because what happens is that all the all the weight is is distributed into your glutes and your hamstrings, and that's what you want to be executing on. At least for a Romanian deadlift, there's also different variations to deadlifts where you want to do something that's a little bit more essential. Uh, that is a little bit more on the lower back. However, um, you wouldn't do it. You probably wouldn't use a lot of weight uh, just because of the fact that. You know, it's kind of more centralized in your lower back, uh, so you want to be careful with that. Uh, so, yeah, you know, people a lot of times overload the weight because they want to work their hamstrings and, and glutes because they see the Instagram models, you know, with the nice hamstrings and glutes. And they're, By the way, they're wearing, like, pants that accentuate that. Uh, but, yeah, you know, you see a lot of people that are trying to do that. Or, you know, you see athletes that are doing that and they're... Uh, you know, strong. So, you know, you want to emulate the stuff you see on wherever. And sometimes you can really hurt yourself. But the point I'm making here is that, like, pelvic tilts are really important. And your pelvic floor is really important. It obviously helps you with uh, keeping your abdominal region strong. But, you know, it also helps you with your, you know, with your uh, using the bathroom. You know, you might have to, if you have problems with, the, you know, using the bathroom, uh, whether you know it be too often or gee, it's hard to do it, it's uh, a lot of times. It's not all the time, but a lot of times it's your pelvic floor. You know whether it's too you know, too overactive or not strong enough. 
that can be a real issue. But obviously not besides that, it can be a, a real fitness issue. If you don't know how to activate your pelvic floor, your lower back is going to be doing a lot of the work. And uh, when your lower back is doing a lot of the work, I already told you what happens. You end up hurting, hurting your lower back and you putting, you might end up getting herniations, and meaning that you were getting like more or less bulging discs. You know, your discs bulge out because they've taken so much pressure that they get out of, uh, get out of alignment, you know. So uh, you don't want to do that. You definitely don't want herniations, especially in your lower back. You don't want herniations anywhere, but you definitely don't want herniations in your lower back. It is really, really not comfortable. I have, I can't speak from my personal experience, but I've definitely seen people uh, that have messed themselves up, you know, and they really have some real issues. So if they, if you can help it, you know why, you know why, why, uh, why put yourself in a position where you're vulnerable to get injured? So uh, here's how you do it. Here's how you work your uh, pelvic floor. Um, you know, there's a lot, I've actually seen some articles about, you know, pelvic floor training and stuff like that. I've seen, uh, you know, the funny thing is, the, uh, the funny thing is that, um, most of the remedies are like, you know, electroshock therapy or medications. And honestly, I'll give you two things. Uh, the, the one thing, which is not as it's effective, but it's not as it's not as straight away. The results, you won't see the results straight away. It's uh breathing. You know, just learn how to breathe through your diaphragm and like if you can control your breath, meaning that I tell my clients that if they can do a 15 second inhale and a 15 second exhale, uh, that, that means they're just starting to, to learn how to control their breath, meaning that they're most likely you have to engage your pelvic floor to do that because you have to breathe into your pelvic floor. You can't do, you can't hold a 15 second breath in your lungs only. You have to be able to expand your chest cavity as well as your belly and other parts of your, of your trunk to get that type of oxygen uptake. So, um, yeah, breathing is uh, one, uh, one really effective. You're not going to see the results right away. Uh, but they're long lasting because essentially it changes the way you breathe. It changes the way your body holds, uh, air and you will, I guarantee you have more of lung capacity, uh, just because you will be able to, uh, you know, take in more volume of oxygen. So, uh, I would highly recommend that if you are any kind of athlete, even if you're like, a someone that just likes to work out three times a week, uh, but you want to get your, your run times a little bit faster, or you want to, uh, be a little bit quicker on the court. I guarantee you, if you practice the, that, that one thing, a 10 second up to 15 seconds, even more than that. But, you know, I recommend 15 seconds for my clients because they, a lot of them struggle with 10. So, uh, I would, I would, you know, highly suggest that. But the other one, it's actually kind of funny and I'm definitely considering uh, titling the episode this, but it's a uh, twerking, you know, dancing, believe it or not, twerking is really good for your health. It's good for your spinal health. You know why? Because it helps you engage your pelvic floor that it helps you execute what's called a hip hinge. And a hip hinge is when you, you pull your tailbone back without bending your knees or rounding your lower or upper back. So, so, why you do that is because that is essentially helps you explode or it helps you, you know, not explode literally, but it helps you explode by having more force on your, uh, on your movements, as opposed to if you are standing upright and you try to use your lower back, because that's what a lot of people do. They end up using their lower back to do a lot of things because they don't use their hips, you know, hip hinge, letting your hips go backward. Uh, so you can execute any kind of forward movement 
uh, it's it's definitely what we call an athletic movement or athletics. You know, to get into that position is an athletic stance with your hips already hinged. Uh, so yeah, it's an important thing. Uh, no matter what you do as an as an athlete or a non-athlete, even just somebody that doesn't work out at all, it's important to have some kind of concept of what your pelvic floor is doing. Uh, so twerking that has a little bit more of an immediate effect. Uh, it may not be as efficient or as effective, uh, but it has more of an immediate immediate effect because it gives you more awareness of you know what's going on you can see that your body is moving a certain way so you know i mean i guess you know to sum this all up here is just like go twerk in the mirror go get your dance on you know be happy with your life get some dancing on but also you know protect your spine and get it a little healthier by uh twerking so twerk today maybe that'll be the <laughs> maybe that'll be the, i think that's what we're gonna call this episode twerk today so anyways, uh, yeah, speaking of today, that does it for our episode today. I really do appreciate you listening. I hope that this episode brought you value. I hope that you do tryouts and twerking. If you do tryouts and twer- twerking, I would love it. I would absolutely 100% love it if you <laughs> left a review and said, Jerry, I tried your twerking and my back feels a million times better. That'd be awesome. Uh, but I would also appreciate just any re- uh, ratings and reviews. It helps me on the uh, algorithm, help people find me. I also would appreciate if you would share this with your friends, family, loved ones, and strangers. Because everybody needs to listen to this uh, episode and ov- obviously this podcast overall. And finally, I would love for you to subscribe because it would uh, mean that you would be uh, notified whenever a new episode gets out. All right, take care. Hope you're having a good one, whenever it is, morning, afternoon, evening. Yes, I do absolutely appreciate you and wish you a good one. Thanks for listening again, and as always, keep good company.